If you are somebody who is thinking about evaluating your ideas, let me get straight into the content. The first one is that your idea that you're thinking for a business or a concept or a new product or a new service fills a gap in the market. Now, it either fills a gap in the market because there is space for another player, so your product becomes an alternative. So your product is an alternative so that you are going into a market. So uh, I recently saw um, near my house, there's a brand new petrol station, new gas station that has been built. Um, and there's a gap in the market. When I think about it, there's actually no gas stations on that side of the road for a very long way. And so if I'm going in a particular direction, there's no gas stations. And then the gas station we did use just closed or the petrol station for people here in Australia, it closed. So what's been really interesting is that one closed for renovations and right when one closed, a brand new one opened and it looks like that brand new one is going to take all of the customers. So it's an alternative. So as a customer, what are some of your alternatives? If you buy coffee, there are alternative coffee shops. If you buy lunch or you go to restaurants, there's alternative restaurants. So does your idea fill a gap in the market or it fills a gap because there is not currently a product? So there's actually a space in the market so it's, it's like there's space for another shop. There's an empty space so your product can go into that space and occupy that gap in the market. That's as opposed to a substitute product. And I'll talk about substitute product or service in a second. So what we want to look at, can, is there a space in the market? The next one is innovation. innovation. Is your product more innovative? And that's this concept of is it a substitute so, for example, my beautiful iPhone, I like, I'm a massive fan of Apple, all of our devices here in our business, we run on an Apple platform um, or, or Apple hardware. This is a substitute for a camera. So when I go on holidays now or where I, whether I'm, I'm out and about, I don't take a camera anymore. So my iPhone has become a substitute because the market has become more sophisticated this, so if I look at my basket of devices, I have a cane basket in my office at home of all my devices. We've got our old video camera. Now, we bought this amazing waterproof video camera for when my son was born because we thought we would do lots of videos of my son. He's now 10 years old. He was 10 in February. Um, we bought this great waterproof video camera. You can hold it. It does 1080 images. You put a card in it and it does video. But what's happened over 10 years is our iPhones have got so good that we've got this really expensive video camera that's tiny and compact and it's waterproof and it's an action camera. We don't even use it. You know, I've got four or five GoPros, probably got five good GoPros that we buy. You know, we always buy a new GoPro before we go on a holiday with adventure. We never end up using the GoPro because iPhones are now water resistant. You know, I think they're waterproof to probably a meter. Um, they're water resistant. And so we can kind of get our iPhones wet now. And so the iPhone has been a, become a substitute for um, a camera. It's obviously a phone, but it's become a substitute for a camera. It's become a substitute for um, uh, it's become a substitute for a torch. It's become a substitute for a calculator. It's become a substitute for a calendar. It's become a substitute for me for most of my day, my computer. So I've got a MacBook Pro. It's right here on this table, but I hardly ever use it. So one of the challenges is that um, one of the challenges is that is your product a substitute so you can kind of consolidate the market. So you may need to educate your customers on why your substitute is better because your customer is becoming more sophisticated. They're looking for innovations to the product and services. So 
I now don't carry a calculator. You know, I used to have a briefcase that had a calculator and a camera and a phone and a notebook and a diary and a computer, all that stuff. I turned up to a meeting yesterday just with this iPhone in my pocket. I took my notes. I did some videos, did some photographs. I sent some emails um, and I had a great meeting all using this device. So it's become the substitute for some other products and services. So the other thing you want to be careful of with your existing business is you're not going to get substituted. With one of our core businesses, best practice, with the great brands, we have these brands that are behind me in the picture. Those are trust brands. We have independent people that go out and check businesses. You can use these brands on your business. One of my concerns, and this is a really legit concern, is that if TripAdvisor comes out with a business advisor review, then that will compete with this and it's potentially a substitute for this product. Uh, probably going to be a lot cheaper and is potentially a substitute. So I need to think about that. So point number one, fills a gap in the market. Point number two, innovates. Point number three, which is kind of tied to point number two, is it challenges existing alternatives. The idea offers a new, better way of doing things and challenges existing approaches as opposed to an innovation. So you want to understand, is it an alternative? Is it a substitute? Is it challenging existing alternatives? So has you know when you start talking about features, are there you can add to your product or service that bring more benefits to your customer. The one thing we forget, I listen to lots of sales presentations. I do sales training. I help people with business and growing businesses and we focus too much on features and we go, oh, I want to talk to you about all the features of my product. What you want to talk about is how it brings benefits to you. So what I'm hoping is forget about the fact that you can watch this live and it's free from us here at Best Practice. They're the features. Hopefully the benefits I'm bringing you is that your business will be more successful. Your business will be more profitable. The organization you're working through will be more efficient and will innovate and, and continue on innovation so that you remain relevant as a business over time. That's what I wish for you. So I can help you to continue to be in business and to grow your business. That's what I'm hoping. So I'm challenging existing alternatives. My competitors, some of my core competitors don't do that. They don't help their customers grow. They just kind of come in and do the bare bottom and basics and they just tick boxes. They don't, they don't actually care whether you grow or not. If you ask them, they'll say, yes, of course we care. But they fail to act on that. They fail to actually add more benefits, more features, more elements to their service that are going to bring you more value, if that makes sense. So the more benefits I can bring you, that translates the value. So if you're trying to work out how to bring more value to your customers or your organization's trying to work out how to bring more value to your customers, think about the benefits to the customers. How can you bring your customers more benefits? So instead of saying value, I don't know what that means. I can't process it. Change the word to benefits. How can we give our customers more benefits? What are the benefits that they really want? What are the benefits that are nice to have? What are the essential benefits? So that's challenges, existing alternatives. Number four stands out. You got to stand out in the crowd. It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. And I really appreciate what's happened on Instagram for us in the last, well, this week. We've had a huge growth in our Instagram activities and specifically my Instagram account. So we're starting to stand out in the marketplace and we're, the, the work we're doing is starting to pay off and we're starting to figure out how the whole thing works. So I'm really excited by that. Um, and I'm going to continue to bring you guys more benefits. Hopefully, I can help you with your career. I can help you earn more money. I can help you do work that you love doing. You can be happier in your career. That's what I hope for you. And I'm going to keep doing that for you guys. Okay, meets customer expectations. It's really important that the product or service or the idea you're thinking of actually meets the customer's expectation. So 
well, I think a lot of times we kind of think, oh, I've got this great idea in my head and I do this a lot. I say, don't be a focus group of one. Actually test the market. If people give you money, that's the ultimate test of your product or service. So have a think about that. If you've got questions or you've got comments, please let me know in the comments for you guys watching live on LinkedIn. I know we've done a restart um, and hopefully this is working for everybody. Um, let me know in the comments on LinkedIn if everything is working. I'm getting your text, Stan. Thank you for that and your feedback. Uh, let me know what's going on and, uh, and everything's all good. Okay, uh, the next one is uh, offers good value. We've touched on value. We've talked about benefits. Uh, so we can, you know, the product or service will benefit the customer in some way and create a sense of money well spent. It's a, when we talk about value, we talk about, okay, say your product or service is $50 hypothetically. The benefit to the person is worth more than the $50. They'll give you the 50 bucks because they'll go, this is a no brainer. I can't believe it's only $50. I can't believe it's a hundred bucks. I can't believe it's a thousand bucks. I can't believe it's a million dollars. If I was going to give you $5 million, I'm going to give you $5 million cash. If you give me a million dollars, I'll give you $5 million. You'd go, that's ridiculous. It's a no-brainer. I'm happy to give you a million dollars. You'd go beg, borrow, steal a million to get $5 million. You'd borrow a million bucks off someone to get the $5 million to pay back the million. Your net re result is $4 million. That's how business works. It's called arbitrage. It's, it's by buying things that are undervalued in your view and actually selling them for a higher value or putting things together. Like a cake, you can buy, you know, if you want to make a chocolate cake and sell it, you could sell a chocolate cake like the local cake shop that's near my house sells chocolate cakes for $25. I'm sure they've only got like a dollar's worth of flour in them. But he adds a dollar's worth of flour, a dollar's worth of chocolate, a couple of dollars worth of eggs and milk and, and flavoring and some icing and some labor, his time, and some equipment, he time on his equipment, and maybe all of that adds up to $5, then he puts the cake on the shelf for $25. That's the arbitrage. By putting all of those undervalued things together, then he can add value and he can sell chocolate cakes for $25. So it offers good value. Um, it offers good value. So that's the kind of thing that I want you to think about. How do you offer good value? Number seven has a purpose. It's got to have a purpose. It's got to actually help. So something I do is I look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I, and I try to assess things that are lower down Maslow's hierarchy of needs in terms of businesses um, are, are, are actually they've got a purpose. Look at what happened at the beginning of the pandemic. Everywhere in the world there were toilet paper shortages because it's got a purpose. Toilet paper has a purpose and people actually raced out and hoarded toilet paper and food and supermarkets were empty. That's kind of all settled down now a little bit, but it's definitely got a purpose. So that's what I've been looking at through the pandemic, which were the businesses that went really well. If you were a toilet paper manufacturer, you kind of actually had massive sales. It would have smoothed itself out and averaged itself because you can only use so much toilet paper, but it's actually got a purpose. So think about whether your idea is low on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Harnesses your strengths. Obviously, if you can work with your strengths, you're going to be more efficient, more effective. You're going to deploy speed. Um, it needs to be in a growing market. It needs to be in a growing market. It's going to be far easier to succeed with your business or your idea if it's in a growing market or a stable market. Now, I made that mistake building this business here with best practice with these things. Yes, the market is growing, but it's not a up up and coming fast market. So I'm starting to look at other markets that are growing really quickly and where we need to specialize. And then the last one, it can be scaled up. So 
economies of scale are really important. So the more you sell, the cost of goods sold or the price per unit comes down. So that's something that I want to think about is if you're selling your own time, that's kind of not scalable. You're going to need to train other people. That's another mistake that I've made in my career is actually selling people's time. We have a big team of people. We sell their time. So that's something that, you know, it's hard to scale. Uh, this kind of stuff's really easy to scale. Our business blueprint, you guys are going to jump on and download that. That's scalable. I want you to get a copy of that business blueprint. Go to bestpractice.biz forward slash guides. You drop your email address in and we're going to email you out that great free guide. Uh, we are going to send you extra emails. We do sell business coaching. We do sell other courses. You don't have to buy it. I'd appreciate it if you did it. It mean a lot for me because I really want to help you grow your business. But just to get some free stuff, I'd encourage you to jump on and download that new free business blueprint. It's got this checklist that I've just gone through in the guide. Happy to for you guys to have that for free because I want to set you off. If you want our team to hold you accountable and you want to really accelerate the growth of your the growth of your idea, you want to make sure it works and you absolutely want to guarantee that you're going to make money, then it would be important to get our team of coaches and guides in from next practice. And that's part of what we want to do. I'm going to be launching in a couple of weeks time, a business growth course online. It's going to be about $67. And we're going to be launching that in about three weeks. It's going to be live. I'm going to take a group of people live through that particular course. We're going to be working on your businesses, helping you to launch your ideas, grow your ideas, get them going, get those invoices out the door, get revenue in from your customers and focus on deploying this. I'm going to take you through and do some live case studies on this. Um, we are going to be launching a bigger business out of our group at the end of the year, much, much bigger business. I'm going to take you through that journey as well. So uh, I've got a big meeting this afternoon to talk about some investment, raise some capital for that. I'm going to take you through that journey and show you how that's done as well. Okay. So I didn't want to take too long and too much of everyone's time. I apologize for the technical issues today. I hope this has been valuable. Let me know in the comments. If this has been valuable, let me know in the comments. Um, please jump on. We'll post the link. If Vanessa or someone who's watching can post the link. Um, and if you're not following me on Instagram, please jump on. We've had a huge um, uptake on in Instagram. Uh, we've got a couple of campaigns going, and I expect to see that continue to grow through the rest of this month. Uh, just negotiating a few partnerships with collaborations with a few people, and hopefully we'll see that continue to grow, uh, which I'm really excited by. Okay. Uh, any questions from anyone at this stage? Um, there was a couple of questions on Instagram yesterday. Should we jump on and quickly answer those? How do I know if my idea um, is too overdone or if I'm enter entering a flooded market? Um, so these are questions. We put a poll up on, our, on my Instagram story yesterday. Um, that's a great way. If you watch the Instagram story, we'll put these polls up and answer these questions. Um, I don't think you can ever overdo an idea. I think that is the signal that a market is becoming more sophisticated. So you need, you, it's an opportunity to niche down in a market, go into a market that's already got people spending money and then you're diverting the cash flow from the cash flow to a competitor, you're diverting it to you. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, we fall into the trap of trying to find the idea that hasn't been done, but I've done that and you've got to educate the market and it's really expensive. So a much, much cheaper way is just enter the market that more clearly brings your customers the benefit they're looking for. What's the benefit that your customer, the main core benefit your customer is looking to get from your product or service or from the product or service you're thinking about goes straight at that. Now, with regards to flooded market, I love flooded markets because money is flowing. Customers are buying. They know what's going on. You just need to be the best in a flooded market. 
Look at burgers, look at hamburgers, look at McDonald's. They're killing it, continuing to kill it because it's a flooded market. Yes, there's people coming in and niching down and making boutique burgers. A good friend of mine makes deep, deep fried southern fried chicken burgers. He just makes southern fried chicken burgers. He also smokes brisket and he makes smoked brisket burgers. That's his niche. That's his specialty. Really bad for you if you've got bad cholesterol, but he's niched down in that area. It's a flooded market. So he's chosen a niche. That's all he makes. And he makes great money focusing on that. Um, Excellent. So um, yeah, keep looking out for the course. I appreciate that, Glenn. Good to have you watching this morning and on board. Um, That business blueprint, it's free, sets up your online library here on the Best Practice Training Academy where we serve all of the content. So I hope the guide's valuable. Let me know in the comments and I'll take you guys through that live course. Okay, um, next one. Um, I don't have much money, but I want to start a side hustle. Where should I start? Um, It depends on whether you want to start, start a side hustle in a specific area, but what I would suggest is if you just want to earn a bit of extra income, Luke is a great example here. Luke spends all weekend on Facebook Marketplace and he looks for things that he knows will sell to his mates and what his mates buy. He knows what his mates will pay for it. So he goes looking for things that are undervalued. Now, it's really hard to sell stuff. Sales is hard. And I know that. And I know some people find selling easy. I find it quite easy. But some people, I know they find it hard. That's feedback I've been given. And I know sometimes, particularly me on the weekends, when I'm cleaning out the house, I just want to get rid of stuff for free. And I know there are buy, swap, sell Facebook groups. And if you can get stuff for free or really cheap out of buy, swap, sell Facebook groups, you can flip it and sell it on eBay for people that are physically looking for it. Some of these books are secondhand. So if people were throwing out these books, like at a book sale where the books are five cents, then put them up on eBay for $10. Think about the ROI from purchasing something for five cents plus your time and then selling it for 10 or $15 on eBay. The ROI is absolutely massive. It's absolutely massive. So think about that from a percentage increase. That's where I would start my side hustle until you move into an area that's, um, you know, uh, a bit more broader or around your specific niche. Um, okay, next one. Um, how do you measure success of new ventures? Uh, the numbers of new customers paying for your product or service in the first couple of months. Okay, the next one is what's the YouTube channel? Uh, Best Practice TV. We're live on Best Practice TV right now on YouTube. So if you search that, uh, we're all good to go. Okay, um, and what does Best Practice do? Uh, we're a business improvement agency, business coaching. So we've got this kind of stuff, Q&A that's live. Plus we sell courses to help you guys grow and scale your businesses. Uh, we sell systems and process courses um, and obviously these logos. So look out for these logos. Okay, and where and how do I find customers? Where do your customers hang out? Where do the people hang out that are looking for the benefits that you offer? You're in the industry or you kind of know the industry. The customers that you've had, or the customers that you've been selling to, where did you find them? And then think about how you can scale that. Okay, let's do one more. Uh, The last one, what should I watch, read before thinking about starting a small business? I would read that guide that you can download from us. So it's uh, bestpractice.biz forward slash guides. Um, Sales, absolutely sales. So I think one of the most challenging things, if you can nail the psychology behind selling, Buy as many and read as many sales books as you possibly can. Watch as many sales videos as you possibly can. Even if you're not responsible for sales and selling, I think that is a skill that not enough people value and pay attention to. 
and the highest income earners on this planet are all sellers. They're not lawyers. They're not doctors. They're not zoologists. They are people that are selling. They're buying and selling companies. They're buying and selling people. They're buying uh, undervalued you know, people that are employed um, and they're selling services and business. They're selling roles. So selling is probably the most important skill that you can learn and master the art of selling. Even if you don't need to use it, you're going to be influencing people. So master the art of sales and influence. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for that one. Uh, thanks, Cam. Okay. So I think all the technical issues sorted themselves out. Uh, good video. Um, good time recording this for you guys. I hope you enjoy the content. Uh, please jump across and start following us on Instagram. And we've also had a heap of success in the last couple of weeks on LinkedIn. So I really appreciate everyone's support who's been watching on LinkedIn and any new followers we've picked up. So, okay, I think we're good to go. So um, I've got all the questions. Thank you for your dashboard. Okay, if there's any other comments or any other questions, direct message me on Instagram, direct message me on LinkedIn. They're great places to, uh, to get my attention and do that. And uh, if I don't see you on Instagram, and if I don't see you on LinkedIn, and if I don't see you on YouTube and if I don't see you on TikTok, because those are all the places you can follow me if you like those platforms. If you don't see us on our website, if you don't see me in the course, you'll definitely see me right here next time on Best Practice TV. Bye for now.